Welcome back to Beards and Brews, everybody. This is episode 50, and to uh, celebrate a big L, Wild Wild West from 1999. Just Holy time shit. for the millennium. Dang. This movie's embarrassing. It is way worse than I remember it, honestly. Like, I saw this back in the day when I was, like, you know, 14, 15, maybe. You know, it, it'd come on TV or whatever. Dang. The, the amount of of one-liners and cringe jokes that just <laughs> do not land is incredible. Like, you can oh, make the so And all of the bad jokes are these just weird, casual racism things, and they just, like, creep up every now and again. I was like, man, this movie really wants to say the N-word. So, yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite part of this film is the exchanges between Loveless and Jim West because it's just, you know, a reason for them to make racial slurs against handicapped slurs. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. The one interaction for sure. I wrote down, I was just like, just look up the lines for this whole segment and, and say that. It'll be fine. Yeah, but like, those fucking jabs are devastating. Like, they're just so mean-spirited. They are. And that's what makes him, you know, if I'm going to laugh at anything in this movie, that's the bits. It's because you're like, Jesus! Okay, what else has he got? <laughs> at the beginning, we just see this old fella, he's just running through these crops and everything with this fucking weird collar around his neck. And we don't know what's going on, but it sounds like he's being chased by a lumberjack. Yeah. As soon as this little bit came on, all I could think was, oh man, welcome back to Fear Factor, Louisiana edition. Now this guy... Uh... <laughs> Honestly, I feel like what they wanted to do with this, and I'm sure you guys will agree, is just make Men in Black, but do it in a different universe. Just capture that spirit, make that money again, let's do it. And I think this opening scene was kind of like um, a combination of the, because uh, we just did Men in Black a couple weeks ago, it's fresh on the brain. That little uh, dragonfly scene, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. The yeah. Well, and then so, you get the dragonfly uh, smashing on the windshield. It's kind of the same thing here. Mm, it's more integral to the story because you do get a character introduced, you get a motive, and you get like a little hint, like a little foreshadowing to the end of the movie. Not only that, but we get to see my band, you know, my, my fucking main dude, uh, Ted Levine. I couldn't think of his name there for a second. AKA oh, yeah. Bloodbath McGrath. <laughs> That was thirteen. <laughs> He's so fucking gross. Yeah. But, okay. Anybody who's not a main character is gross. It's almost like that bit in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You can tell he's a king because he doesn't have shit all over him. That's the only way you know that they are important. Now, this movie comes on right after we get that little intro to uh, Bloodbath McGrath and you know the motives and stuff. But these opening credits, I was like, holy shit, is this MacGyver? Honestly, it's so fucking good. The intro theme, it really is. I'll uh, give it yeah. props on this one. The soundtrack is actually fantastic. It's a super, super awesome Western theme. It gets you in the mood for some fucking adventure. See, to me, like, it starts out real funky-like. It, it's almost like a 70s James Bond movie intro. Then it turns into, like, this... Uh, almost John Williams-esque theme. I'm really into that theme. It's the kind of thing that like gets cut in your head and you're like humming it later on. Like, man, how come the movie wasn't that good? 
Right. Yes. Right. See, that's where I was getting. It wasn't so much the music is bad. It's the flashes of the characters in the background. They're not quite James Bond. It's very TV sitcom 80s, and it looks bad. It just, it, it was terrible. The whole opening, I was like, that, that's awful. It's, this movie is almost pompous in how bad it is. Like, you could tell everybody in this production, it's solely here to make an ass load of money. Like, I'm with you no, like yeah, nobody yeah, fucking sure. cares whatsoever. Like, this is 100% a vehicle that will not fail. Like, they were so comfortable with everything. Cut to Jim Weston, West Virginia, in a water tower. Yep. Yeah, just hanging out with some uh, some random titties there in the water tower, and that is not sanitary at all. They are bathing in a city's water supply. Literally, everybody's going to get a taste of Big Willie style. Oh. Oh. Like a tea bag. Oh. <laughs> just oh. Yeah, he's just been oh. there for four hours like that old dude from the Changeling. He's just a true. So Big Willie's in there with this lady friend, and they're making out. And the chick, the actress, she is selling how bad she wants to kiss Will Smith, and he is selling how bad he does not want to kiss her. This was my first genuine laugh of the movie out of maybe five. The bit where he's looking <laughs> at her, and he's just like making out with nothing, going, mmm. Mm. His mouth is literally on nothing. It's just in the middle of the air, just kissing. Yeah, they working. And then they make like some kind of lewd hole reference. Uh, you can't just go uh, ramming a man's personal things in some hole like that. And that one ostrich in the audience. Ha! <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that so? <laughs> well, I didn't mean it like that, girl. And this whole time, you got a bunch of just rednecks at the bottom of this water tower paying zero attention to how the horses were driving their fucking buggy into the legs of it. Yeah, it was just. So much of this movie has to happen for the movie to have to happen, but it's so off the rails 90% of the time. It's not like with Men in Black where it stayed grounded. You know, it's a grounded, fun, wacky adventure. This is just off the fucking rails from the get-go. Don't worry about it. Just here we go. Yeah. That, that brings me to the point I made before. Just the, the movie doesn't care. Like, the details yeah. don't matter. Just watch Will Smith be a star, be famous, and watch him and Kevin Klein try to be funny at each other. Yeah. With little to no effect. Uh, but pretty much bad guys show up with their, their horse and buggy. Uh, horse runs into the uh, the leg of this tower while the bad guys are in the building right below it trying to steal stuff. Loading up weapons. Yeah. Of course the support breaks. The water tower falls over conveniently directly into the storage building while these guys are, are stealing uh, fucking nitro or whatever. And just like New York, I guess it's just gray and black men. The weather is Negroes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but he falls out of the tower into this room in front of these guys, and he is butt-ass naked. And when he stands up, you get a, a shot yeah, straight at his butt, and he like stands up, and like you don't even need to like slow it down or anything. You kind of get a view of the nutsack, too. I, See, I told her, I, I told her, I was like, I just saw his nuts. She's like, no, yeah. you didn't. There's something hanging down there. Yeah. You can't just, like, go to a movie thing, like, hey, where's the stunt nut? <laughs> stunt nut? <laughs> He's like, stunt nuts. <laughs> Comes running over. <laughs> oh, no. sauna, they're really low. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he, like, he has this, like, cute little report with the lady. He's like, clothes, please. And she just chucks down a hat because, like, 
he totally just blue balled her, even though it wasn't his fault. There's a cute little exchange of like these guys trying to fight this naked man to where as long as he's got his crotch covered, they can't do anything. But then he raises his hand and it's got the hat in it. They're like, oh my God, your dick. He's like, yeah, I see it. I know it's pretty, baby. I'll take it out for air. He punches <laughs> He says, well, 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 we got us a shiny... And then he gets punched in the face. Now I have to bleep the whole cast. No, that's in the, that's in the actual movie. I know, they do that like four fucking times. Yeah. They try to get it in there, but Will Smith is like, uh-uh-uh, I gotta knock you out. But we all know what they're gonna say. This movie is fairly racist. Yeah. Fairly. I would... Solid five out of ten. And... Honestly, like, okay, we have to give credit to the time that this was placed, you know. Uh, we uh, America was a little bit racist. It wasn't as, like, quaint. I don't know if that's the right word, like, what Quentin Tarantino does, like what did he did with Django. <laughs> this is more you just, just like... you call Quentin Tarantino quaint? That toe-loving motherfucker. I mean, he makes a good movie. He does. I can't. I can't disagree. But this movie is like almost like going for shock value. Yeah, like just like huh. it absolutely is. There's a little bit more, I'll say, risqueity in there too. Definitely more than like, you know, you kind of expect this to be sort of like a. I'm not going to say a carbon copy, but like a companion to Men in Black. And no, it is. There's butts. There's almost n words. You know, uh, it's like if you took your kid to see this. And you were a progressive person at the time. You'd be like, "Whoa! <laughs> All right, I guess that's the end of that." Oh, nope, they're doing it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's in every fifteen minutes, huh? <laughs> yeah, this is a PG thirteen movie because it has to be. But it's not hard. It, it's not far from an R. A hard R. I don't know about a hard R. I mean, <laughs> but, uh, he, he was in the pool. There was shrinkage. <laughs> but you get that a lot in this movie. This this quote unquote comedy. Like, I just don't understand. I don't know, it's almost like everybody's trying to be funnier than everybody else. Aww, oh, liking it to answer the yeah. call. Answer the call, just like that. Like, well, oh, this is a Will Smith movie, well, I want to be more funny than the lead guy. Yeah. Will Smith's like, well, he can't be more funny than I am. So now no one's going to be funny because we're all trying instead of just being natural. No, I think yeah. Will Smith is just saying his lines, and he doesn't have to put any extra effort into it. Okay. He still comes off as, like, kind of charming. But no. else. I don't feel that way. No, he's got like fucking so many one-liners that they want him to land. And after he says them, you're just like, Jesus, like that was your line? That was dry. Oh, yeah, especially, yeah, but... especially towards the end. Oh my goodness. Are we talking about the one in the uh, the bottom of the fucking giant spider? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I that's that so bad. I put that on the writing, not on, on Will Smith. That's, I still think Will Smith has... You know, a lot of character, a lot of charm, a lot of swagger. Arnold Schwarzenegger can deliver the line, stick around, or you shouldn't drink and bake. No. <laughs> That's different. Arnold nope. Schwarzenegger has made his career on those. This is charisma. He could have done it. He didn't like the line. He was being forced to say it, so he gave it a shitty, like, man, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I just feel like it's one of those things, like, even Will Smith could, like, spot that stinker from a mile away. Oh, sure. And by the way, well, speaking of Stinker, this is the movie he said yes to after he said no to being Neo in The Matrix. I heard about that, yeah. Just to be fair, like, I know The Matrix did really well, but I fucking hate The Matrix. I thought it was stupid. I like the first Matrix. Like, yeah. everybody does. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Anyway, 
Across town, while this was going on, we're at a, a whorehouse slash saloon. Yep. With Selma Hayek once again dancing on a table. Oof. Zero percent feet in this movie, though. So, there you go. Well, you get her ass and tits in this one, so, I mean, that's not a trade that any day. Yeah, that was a scene. Then, uh, you know, the, what's his name, Artemis? Fucking, what's the whole character's Gordon? name? Gordon? Artemis Gordon, yeah. So, Artemis I Gordon. Yeah. Gordon is sitting there dressed up like a drag queen, and... He is dressed he's, up as a he, lady. He is trying to be a lady. Drag queens are not trying to be ladies. He is trying to pull off the persona of a lady. I mean, he just wound up looking like some really fucked up Adele. Yeah, it ain't good. And then the line delivered by Buffalo Bill, Ted Levine, uh, Bloodbath, <laughs> McGrath is so fucking oh. gross. Oh, that whole fucking scene, especially when that guy's trying to, like, make some kind of fucking deal for a blowjob or whatever. It's like 50 cents for the whore, and he just shoots him in the gut, and he's like, she's mine. And he's like, <laughs> something young and creamy yeah. that takes the crop and spur. And I went, ew! Ugh. God, it puts the lotion on its skin. Or else it gets the bloodbath McGrath again. Unless it gets the <laughs> shit that's coming out of my... my Fucking ear phonograph. <laughs> Don't let it spook you. I lost it in Chickamauga. <laughs> Chickamauga. Just gotta turn it down to let out the, the ear loogie. Now, <clears throat> have, they, have they just focused this movie around these weird abstract characters? I think it could have been a blast. I think it's more simple than that. There's no chemistry between Will Smith and Calvin Klein. Like, they're both trying to Calvin be the same lead. Are <laughs> Kevin Klein, yeah, not the underpants. But they're trying real hard to one-up each other. It's just like, these guys are polar opposites. They could be like buddies. This could be just like a buddy cop movie. Yeah, yeah. It should have been like Men in Black with, you know, Tommy Lee as the straight man and then Will Smith as the comic relief. But they didn't do that here. They're both trying to be the comic relief and they're both trying to be the straight man. It just doesn't work. Yeah, but it's weird. So meanwhile, back across, where, uh, across town where Jim West is, I don't really know why, but he just scoots on out of there on that horse-drawn cart filled with, what is it, nitroglycerin? Is that what that is? Oh, yeah, to yeah, the, yeah. Uh, To go to the, the whorehouse, or he ends up at the whorehouse somehow. I don't know. Unimportant, he arrives where he needs to be. <laughs> and so does the, uh, the nitroglycerin cart. And that is not how you transport nitro. Yeah, so, pretty much he swings in like a, like a, okay, you go ahead. He comes in like a quote-unquote dark stranger. That is their words, not mine. While fucking Artemis Gordon's up there hypnotizing Bloodbath McGrath into being a good doggy with his Looney Tunes hypno-clasp belt. This shit, at this point, like, I'm, stay with me. First 10, 15 minutes of this movie, I'm excited, I'm laughing, I'm like, alright, cool, I remember this. And then it's about this point where I started going, is this what I'm into now? Is this what's going on? <laughs> and then all of a sudden there was a character who's lip reading people and her name's Lippin Reader and I went, what the fuck? <laughs> it's almost like this movie compiled from a bunch of ideas from a board meeting and they're just all fucking chads. It's like, oh, you know what would be fucking cool? You know what else would be cool on top of that? Yeah, bro, bro. Just, ah, uh, because they just get into like a shootout and then, you know, the man impersonating a woman's like, hey, I'm a U.S. Marshal, don't shoot. And, you know, I'm Tommy Lee Jones, but I'm not. 
it's really unimportant. Every time that these yeah. two main characters get together, you don't give a fuck. You hate them. Because they're both annoying. Like, yeah. it's so weird. I like, don't think you know, by we'll... themselves they're annoying, but together they fucking are. See, I agree with Chandler. Whenever okay. Artemis Gordon is on screen by himself doing his bit, it's whatever. It's interesting. It's almost like they were bothered by each other in real life or something like that. Maybe, because as soon as they force these two to be together, it just sucks. <sighs> Which is a lot of the movie. Because they next meet up in the White House with uh, Artemis impersonating the fucking president and boasting about himself. And he's like, you're not the president. I like the decision of having Artemis pretend to be the president so they could show like he's into a costume change or whatever. And he's I also like... And I also... Also like how they kept him as the actual president in the movie, still playing dual roles. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah that, that was still... as the president too. Huh. All right. It's almost like a joke, joke. It's almost clever. But we get informed that our good friend Doctor Alice Loveless, a man who gave both legs his ability to reproduce and thirty-five feet of intestine to the Confederate states but he did not lose his sense of humor uh, he's been stealing all the engineers and contractors from you know everywhere and he sent him a fucking cake of the white house with spiders it's almost like the movie's trying to tell us something like there's a lot of spider imagery and you think it's going to add up to something really cool maybe clever but it's literally the movie just dropping like a fucking lead weight yeah and the worst thing is it's not a fucking surprise to anyone because it's on the fucking cover. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. We know there's a giant mechanical spider. So show me all these spiders over a cake. Just show me the goddamn giant mechanical spider. Let's go. I don't need another hour and 40 to wait for this fucking thing. Let's just see it. <laughs> Let's get to it. Yeah, pretty much uh, all the scientists kidnapped. Uh, crazy dude putting together a crazy technology army thing. I don't know. Trying to do something crazy. We don't know. Find out why. <laughs> You can tell he's crazy or the level of crazy by his facial hair. Like, I don't know what's fucking going on there. I, oh, man. I think during this uh, this uh, quarantine thing, I might try and reproduce it. <laughs> it looks, it looks like, like draws from WWE. I mean, it looks like the tribal tattoo of facial hair. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> See that, yeah. But, uh, yeah, here in a, a week, the president's going to Utah to join the railroads together or something like that. I don't fucking know. He's going to going to Utah, and you gotta. The mission is to track down this loveless guy before that, I guess. Now, this was the second part that also blew my mind, and just had me going, "Come on, what?" So they have to go board a train, and Will Smith goes out, jumps on his horse. He's going to ride away because he's the hero. Um, guess what? Gordon and. Super bike. He's got one of those big bikes with thrusters on it. And this thing is just ripping down the street with fire shooting out of the back of it. And no one looks at it twice. But it's crazy. Yeah, pure. It's probably pure imagination. Like, oh. I, but like, like, I get like the movie's trying to be like, hey, man, like he's like just a wacky genius guy. So nobody really pays attention to him. Because like later on, he's just the guy that fixes the mechanical stuff. But his fucking character sucks. Yeah, and it just, he's got these things that would, to anyone, blow your fucking mind. You'd be like, oh my god, what have you created? This is incredible. And everyone's just like, it's stupid. Okay, here's why they don't get along. It's because Jim West 
is a Gryffindor. <laughs> and oh. Gordon is a Ravenclaw and a really lame one. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. they have to go get on the train, and fucking Gordon's already on it. Will Smith has to climb on the side of the train, and you get this stupid, I'm glad you could drop in pun, because he falls through the roof of the train. Ah. This movie takes every opportunity to turn into, like, the Looney Tunes for no reason. Oh, yes. Yeah. Or, like, I, I see a lot of uh, parallels between this and, like, uh, Get Smart, the show, like, the 60s show, mm. just because, like, of all the contraptions and, like, uh, espionage kind of things. But, man, like, this, it doesn't pull it off nearly as well as a television show shot in the 60s and 70s. Like, I give it credit, like, it's probably the earliest mainstream thing I've seen include the style of steampunk. I don't even know if it was called that then. Oh, but sure, yeah. It's just too wacky. Yeah. And, you know, he shows him some more of his inventions on the train. And he's like, oh, yeah, check this thing out. It's called the Impermeable. And it's chainmail. It's just chainmail. Okay, it's just chainmail. Chainmail won't stop a bullet. I've watched... Uh, the Deadliest Warrior. They did Pirates versus some sort of knight, and it punched right through the fucking shit with an old blunderbuss, just right through it. <laughs> and then he's like, guess what? I, we're going to get into a fight on the train, and I'm going to do Kung Fu, and then oh, hit a button, so a big hammer will get you. It is that real cringe. Thing is cringe. I, I, if, Christ almighty, I'm just like, I know he's trying to be funny, but this shit ain't happening. <laughs> they arrive in Nolens. Why are they in the islands? Because there's someone there with a head projector. Yep, a head hooked up to candles. Projecting <laughs> image. Yeah, it's like under the theory that like when you die, the last thing you look at is burned on the back of your eyeballs. So they took this man's severed head, the same man who was running at the very beginning, strapped it to a projector, and projected the light through his skull his eyes and onto a whiteboard and all will smith can keep saying is that is a man's head he says times and that is such a good like grounded will smith moment but this movie is just so fucking bad at juggling these people it's just like the wacky and that just don't work you've just watched so many people get shot you shot so many people there's all this shit going on. There's a dude with a fucking gramophone for an ear. Uh, <laughs> a guy just had a bicycle that shot flames out of it. But you're shocked that there is a severed head in front of you. This is the breaking point. So the reason that they're actually going to New Orleans is because there is a uh, a costume party that fucking little uh, gramophone here, McSwayze uh, or whatever his name is, is going to be attending. <laughs> Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. Uh, yeah, meet up with him to find out why, uh, what's his name? Loveless is doing what he's doing. But at this point, Loveless's aliveness is in question because apparently he was, like, blown the bits during the war towards the end. Yeah, and so they show up in disguise. And this is another one of those, like, Jesus Christ racist moments. <laughs> it's uncomfortable because... He's like, why don't you go as my manservant? He goes, I'd rather shoot myself than be your manservant. And I was like, okay, that's fine, whatever, you know. And he goes, I'll just go as myself. And Gordon goes, oh, you'll go as an armed Negro cowboy. That's a great costume. And all I could think was, whoa! <laughs> I'm not saying whoa, I'm saying, uh. Yeah. 
Well, this whole next five minutes is just like a fucking stroke. Because yeah. this whole back and forth between them filling each other's titties is fucking embarrassing. I yeah, for his, for his costumes, old Gordon made a, made, you know, a set of fake breasts. With and buckwheat. Yeah, with buckwheat. Evidently, they don't feel that great. Uh, and they're going back and forth about how to make them more breast-like, more human. And meanwhile, the conductor for the train is out there like, I knew these guys were gay, or, you know. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Good. Touch my breast. Now touch yourself. Oh my god, I'm hard. Come on, man. Yeah, it's like, as an audience, you're just like... <sighs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You are exactly like that. Then we get some more racist shit whenever the guy's like, Hey, boy, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm sorry, sir. I was hoping I wouldn't have to break your nose. And he fucking headbutts him. And it's like, hashtag white folks. And it's like, come on, can we just not do this? Can we just fucking have a movie? White yeah. people, do, 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 do. Well, well, good thing right after this, all the light racism stops, as I told the biggest fucking lie in the world, because <laughs> as soon as he walks into the place, he runs into um, Loveless's, like, right-hand woman, and her name is, like, something East, because she's yeah. Chinese. Yeah. yeah. Just for that joke, East meets West. Wink at the camera. Is that Biling? Yes. Okay, I thought so. And I was like, okay, well, there's Biling's ass because she shows it to the camera. Yep. Yep. And then she gets shot dead, and Jim West shoots a bunch of people. And in the meantime, Selma Hayek is getting towed away to Dr. Whoa, 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 whoa. We missed the most important part of the movie, probably my favorite part of the movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Mr. Loveless shows himself. Oh, he busts out of like a fucking Abraham Lincoln head. Yeah, he does. He, st- he rolls into the like presidential theme, and all the northern people are just like, "Yeah, I'm proud. Yeah, all right." And then his head just blows off like it was shot, and Loveless just peeks out. Don't you just hate that song? Now, to me, like I said, if we just focused on these wacky characters, I would be happy. I fucking my wife. She hated this guy. She's like, it, I fucking can't stand this. You and you and McGregor want to be motherfucker. It should have been Gary Oldman. And all I could think was, I fucking love Doc Love. Man, Loveless is so fun. Holy shit! Like he's so one-dimensional. But oh, the yeah. guy who, but the guy who plays him just lifts up to that fucking mustache. <laughs> yes, he is amazingly committed to such a wonderfully ridiculous character. And that line, it goes. Well, here I am, alive and kicking. Well, alive anyways. <laughs> yeah, just to catch the audience up, this man is on a steam-powered wheelchair. He has no bottom half of his body, if you couldn't couldn't capture that already. Um, yeah, and he, he still has swagger. Yeah, he's got that southern charm, that southern charm. Like, even though that he's lost all this stuff for the Confederacy, he's just like, Mi casa e su casa. Pip come say voo. Let the party begin. All the while he's doing a fucking burnout spin in his wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. And and the moment he stops, he's absolutely transfixed on Will Smith. But you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. Exactly. <laughs> I have that as this is a stem steampunk Lieutenant Dan cosplay. That's all this is. Good lord. I'd buy it. But yeah, he's an amazing character in this. Um as soon as the focus goes off of him, though, this whole scene falls apart again. 
it like uh, it just doesn't make sense how that's put together. So like you have Loveless and uh, fucking Blood Bill McGrath. They go in the back. And they're like, oh, meet me here. These are all evil, devilish plans. Mwahaha. And Will Smith has like ear to the door, and he just like walks two inches to the left. And as soon as they come out, they're just like, I see nobody. All right, cool. Meet. And then he walks two inches to the right and is back in the shot. Like here I go sneaking in, and he kicks the doors in while they're like a fucking foot down the hall. <laughs> a just... foot down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how astute of you to notice. He, he sneaks in to do like a, a little graphite uh, charcoal rub of the map that he was using. Because I guess the plan is to uh, uh, send all of Bloodbath McGrath's troops to a certain area for whatever reason. And, you know, you got to you gotta do the meetup. Yeah, so then Miss East come, and then Miss East comes in and wants some of his charcoal rubbing. And, you know, oh, tries to kill him. I don't like it. <laughs> But yeah, and then that scene is just unnecessary. You, you get a bombing ass flash, and then some gun shooting that results in nothing, and no one hears it. Yeah, Six how are, No one hears got, it. You've got all these guys that are pretending to be paintings. Yeah. I guess I guess just nobody has depth perception anymore, because they all just step out of the painting and start shooting at Jim West. They're blind, deaf, legless, I mean loveless. What's left? Pretty bay. So, anyway, everybody gets shot. Yeah. After that, he goes out and confuses some big buxom lady as Gordon and starts drumming on her titties. And they're like, uh-uh. And then fucking Gordon, dressed as a French fur trader, is like, let's hang him! Hang him! And just, like, has a convenient noose already prepared, just, like, throws it up to the crowd. Something funny about that damn rope. Fucking bungee noose. And can we get the point across that, like, of course everybody's on board to hang this poor man. They rush outside, stand him up on, like, a little cart or whatever, and have the noose just fucking perfectly ready for him. And Will Smith just takes the moment like, whoa, 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 everybody. <laughs> you know, and tries to fucking straighten out the situation. Yeah, I like the little speech he goes through trying to, you know, back himself out of this. Uh, in my native land, Georgia? Georgia? No, no, Africa. That got a genuine laugh out of me. That was a fucking good joke. Yeah. But meanwhile, while all this is going on, while Will Smith is uh, trying to campaign for his life, the real Gordon is going around snooping around, and he finds Selma Hayek in a cage, in like a bird cage. Yeah. Despite all of her rage, she's still just a Selma Hayek in a cage. He helps her escape, and she tells him, like, hey, my... My father is uh, the Escobar, the scientist. I've got to go help uh, find him or whatever. Normally I would say no, but your titties make me say yeah. Yeah, but then, you know, they find out that the fucking noose is bungee cord or some shit, and he somehow goes boing and shoots and lands on the getaway wagon. And he's like, there, there was something weird about that noose. He's like, yeah, don't worry, I knew it was going to be okay. And again, you're like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, there's and no way. Like, it goes above and beyond your suspension. Yeah. And then they split up. It's like, I'm going to go do this while you take care of that. And they end okay. up in the same place anyway. Yeah. And I was like, well, why in the fuck did you split up? Because you arrived at the same goddamn time. Yeah. Like, uh, Will Smith gets there, like, five minutes beforehand, just enough to see, like, dead bodies. Yeah. Like, after you encounter the, the dead bodies before everybody else. tank thing came up out of the water. What the fuck is going on? I felt like Kevin Bacon. What the hell? What's going on? Well, 
it was like the perfect like little uh, crisscross or whatever, like Blood Math McGrath like lost all his men just so Levels can test out his new fucking weapon or whatever. You know, yeah. double cross, yada yada. Now he's dead. So Jim knows that he wasn't the one that killed his family. Oh, it was all a misunderstanding all along. It didn't matter because fucking Loveless is still the bad guy, so who gives a shit? Yeah, but we know that he's like the big bad guy now. Uh, the, uh, uh, is what I say to that. Yeah. You, they killed McGrath for no fucking reason. The movie just tries its best just to fucking chug along. But so, it, uh, they kill Bloodbath McGrath because... While he was giving up half of his body for the Confederacy, all they were doing was uh, surrendering like a bunch of little bitches. So, now, Appomattox. His hair is just going all crazy as he vibrates. <laughs> I am a master of mechanology, and he's so fucking good. Like, I give it to Loveless, and I fucking love the Bloodbath McGrath, but... They kill him, they get rid of him, no fucking reason. But he does have a great line whenever everyone's getting shot and uh, Bloodbath is screaming at him like, What are you doing? Why are you doing this? He goes, Munitia, crank it up a few because I'm hearing too much time between screams. And I was just like, that's great. <laughs> See, that's almost Zorg from uh, Fifth Element. That's totally yeah. a line. Elite, that's what I mean. It's, it's zany characters that are fun, but they don't know what to do with them. These characters are wasted in this film. They're not characters. They're just people just trying to one-up each other. That's all it is. Except for whoever did Loveless. He's just having a fucking blast. Yeah, but Selma Hayek, good thing that she showed up when she did with her cleavage. Uh, she knows that they're going to Utah. So Utah. Utah, yep. Because Munitia, in charge of guns, calls it that. Yeah, for whatever reason... Uh, Loveless has, like, one of each kind of, uh, of, I don't know, uh... Female henchmen? <laughs> yeah, like, she's got, like, an Asian one, uh, an American one, a German one, a, one in a Viking suit, for whatever reason. I... Yeah, each one has its own little thing with its cutesy name, like, Munitions in Charge of Guns, Lip in Rida, Reed's Lip. <laughs> it's too much. Mm -hmm. It's such an odd specialization. It's like... Honestly, what this just reminded me of, did you all ever read, uh, like, the uh, fucking Dick Tracy comics? Like, all of the bad guys had just, like, a, a name that was just, like, comic. Oh, yeah. yeah, like Brick Top and all that. <laughs> Brick Top. It's like Tommy the Toaster over there. Yeah, it's just like a, a comic bad guy henchman name. That's what these are. But anyway, Selma Hayek's there now, and Jim West and Artemis begin to compete for her attention but who will when she first gets there she she like does that same bounce on the train like uh like will smith does in the beginning where he's like oh how'd i get here and gordon is talking without him even knowing that, that she's there and this is kind of a cute scene kind of like a, a groan or two because he's just <laughs> talking about talking about uh you know how perfect her butt is and the roundness of her bosoms and and all of these things and it, then he turns around and is like oh yeah uh, 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 I made food. Tommy is about body. <laughs> yes, yes. These jokes don't seem like they're gonna land. I'm gonna need you to get way off my back about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they have this like they try to have like a buddy buddy rapport like this is the kind of the moment where they break their bonds or whatever and try to like meld to try to be partners. And it's just so distant, and the cringe just doesn't stop coming. 
it, it never stops coming. coming. No, even when they're telling the jokes that, you know, she walks in there in jammies and turns around and you can see her ass. Oh, Lord, yes. yes. That's, I, I told Eric before, that's the one scene from this movie, this entire movie from, like, me originally seeing it that I remember. Like, turns around, you see a little bit of a, a very nice round booty, and the uh, she's just a breath of fresh ass. And Will Smith goes, you said ass. No, she's she's a breast of fresh air. He goes, look, man, whatever you want to say, let's get some shut ass. <laughs> <laughs> and Artemis is just content for a moment. He's like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, 15-year-old me thought that was clever as hell. Like, I can't lie. I did smirk as they had this scene. But that's it. And it wasn't, you know, because of the way they're delivering it. It was just... It's stupid. It's sophomoric. I was desperate for something to chuckle at, and it was there. Yeah. So the train's chugging along, and they finally catch up to Loveless's train. And then they go through a tunnel, and uh, Loveless's train pulls a little snaky on them. They're just like, man, we gotta catch this train. That train was like, no, you. Yeah. The hunters have become the hunted. And of course, in the most wacky way, he's doing some kind of gadget stuff. He's like, oh, oh, no. How are they over there? We were following them. Get down. I, ugh, the fucking. He's like, like you know, let's do it like it's speed, and I'm gonna go under this train car and use the bungee rope to go under that train car. What? It's real wacky. It is real wacky. It's real wacky. There's uh, like a fourth boing 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 scene, and a big javelin gets shot into the other train car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Loveless's train starts falling behind him, and then. Once they they notice, he pulls out the fucking the cannon. What are they called? One of those like little grapple hooks or whatever, just train size. Mm-hmm. Did anyone else notice the Native American ob job? Yeah, I was like, man, that's really sad. They they stuffed that poor tearing Native American into the smokestack of that train. Yep. Symbolism. But speaking so, of cannon, you got a cannon over there in my pants. Oh. Uh... In honor of uh, Loveless's cannon, I got a double cannon for him right here. Uh, this is Heavy Seas Brewing Company's double cannon, double IPA. Well, is it, it wicked wild, wild delicious? Is it double the flavor? It's double the fun. No, it's okay. It's uh, It's got a real malty, a little bit sweet backbone. A little bit more so than I would expect from a double IPA, but you kind of have to. Like, you still have that double fucking hot punch there. This is, I want to say, 9.5% uh, 9 ABV, so it's it's a hefty drink, for sure. Hefty, it hefty, hefty. Honestly, it, it doesn't have a whole lot, of, whole lot of depth to it. It's just like, you've got that, that malt core, then you got some fucking hops in there. It's fine, it's drinkable. Not anything. I don't know. Not one of your favorites. It, it's Not nothing to go wild over. Yeah, it is. It's oh, fun. it's beer. Hooray, beer. Hooray, beer. Hooray, this movie. I kid. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, this movie. Yeah, but you know, now that he shot this javelin, and he slowed the uh, train car down, everybody gets together. And guess what? Selma Hayek has used the sleep ball that Gordon showed her. And now everyone's asleep. <sighs> so, 
Well, yes. he, she, uh, the reason that she did that, she gets trapped in a closet with, uh, with Gordon and is like, I don't want to die or something like that. I don't know. Or I don't hey, want him to take me again. Let me knock us out. Yeah. <laughs> For a second, I thought she's like, I don't want to go this way. So she just tries to like punch her own ticket. Yeah. Suicide pact in the train closet. So yeah, it it ends up uh, knocking everybody out because that's right about the time fucking Jim West comes back from his little train adventure, acting like Nathan Drake. I wonder if it was one of those moments where the movie was just trying to say, like, "Oh, women." Yeah, like we we gotta make a way for Loveless to actually uh, actually capture everybody. So let's just do this. That's all it is. Movie has to keep going, and so ridiculous reason. Here we go. So. <laughs> I have a feeling like the writer's room is just like, what if they were just there? That's fucking stupid. Anyways, this giant <laughs> spider just... is really cool, right? <laughs> yes. We gotta find a way to get to the giant spider. I have no idea. Let's press on. So, they wake up from the sleepy ball, and they are now in those collars that we saw from earlier. Selma Hayek is absent. They say, hey, where the tits and ass go? And he's like, oh, <laughs> I got tits and ass in here with me. She's going to sleep off the sleepy time stuff. And they're like, oh, well, you can't do nothing with her. He goes, just because I ain't got no legs don't mean I can't do nothing with her. And then he goes on to describe a giant mechanical phallus. And then he points at a giant mechanical phallus. <laughs> and, like, the only other times I'd seen this movie is probably, like, TBS or something like that. And that scene was never in there. <laughs> and, I, and I witnessed it. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, Who I wrote, wrote this. I wrote down and circled phallic machine of some type question mark. It's over there pneumatically pumping. It's like vroom, 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 vroom. It just it, comes out like, of nowhere that like he has to like play up for these guys. Like, hey, I may not have a dick, but I have a big metal dick. Who's he trying to impress? It's, it's like the, those guys with the big fucking Ford F three fifties. I don't know. I, I got also, a Ford F two thousand. Also, this machine, does it have a use? I couldn't think of anything. It's just a big machine. Cause That's what ends it, up shooting out the spinny blade. Oh, is it? Okay. Mm. Yeah, it's like a big cross bolt. Yeah, it, it shoots its load of spinny spider disc. Reminded me of that scene in that episode of Family Guy where you got the big, like, wiener car and it's just smashing through the tunnel or trying to. That's yeah. where I messed the phallic machine going. So... He goes on, you know, Jim West isn't having it, as usual. He goes, you're just Mr. Machiney guy, and you don't know better, because I'm the tough cowboy. Watch. We don't have to stay in this tiny circle, or this tiny square that clearly has been put here to let us know that if we step out of the circle, we're going to die. And he steps out, steps back in. He goes, well, what do we do now? And they hear that big dick start a pumping. <laughs> like, now we run. And the blades shoot out and come after them. Yeah, his collars are, like, hyper-magnetic. But yeah. somehow not really attracted to any metal stuff they have on their body until it's like, you know, yeah. the movie has to movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This but scene could have been so fun, but it really isn't. It's just all down to just, man, this is kind of horseshit. You gotta do. So they run through this giant cornfield getting chased by these blades that are only being propelled by magnetism don't forget though this cornfield is in the middle of the fucking desert true true and there's just a random ravine just there 
nice little uh, nature butt crack hanging out. Just enough mud so that two full-grown men can land feet first straight and be perfectly safe and sound. Well, they jumped into each other's arms, so I don't know if they landed straight. That's the power of love! <laughs> Thank you, Yui. So they land, and then, you know, that's not humorous enough that they're covered in this mud. Will Smith has to sneeze mud onto Gordon. Of course. And it's funny. It's no. not. Mm. Not even a little. Just happens. For the longest time, I was... Because this movie was never, like, terrible to me. Like, you know, growing up, it's just like, you know, it was silly. It wasn't bad. And then I watch it again, and scenes like that happens. I just want to fucking... I've actually got a little story about that. Um, Something I read when I was doing a a minimal amount of research on this movie. This was actually, uh, I'm sure you know, kind of a box office bomb. Not a complete, you know, ruination. But it it was a disappointment for sure. But evidently one of the reasons why it wasn't as much of a bomb as it probably should have been is because underage kids were buying tickets to see this. And then sneaking in to see uh, South Park bigger, longer, and uncut. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. Brilliant. Absolutely. Amazing. <sighs> Absolutely I can't, brilliant. I can't blame them, honestly, because that was a much better movie. I feel like there should be a South Park episode about it. There is a South Park episode about it. That's where I got the Artemis Clyde frog joke from. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Here's a little figure or whatever. Yes, the little green frog. He's like, me and Artemis Clyde frog gonna go around and do stuff, bruh. I go see Selma Hayek. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But, oh, I get that now. I did, I haven't gotten that, uh, you know, since I've seen that. But I get it now. All right. So they they get out of the mud and they're walking and they're yelling at each other. And fucking Artemis is mad that he's not respected and he ends up cracking Will Smith in the neck with a rock and reverses the polarity of his thing and they get stuck together. That's and not the, how magnets work. Who made this movie? Fucking ICP? Yes. But, like, the way he's, like, pissed off, of course he's not respected because he's acting like a bitch. For real. If this character just went to anyone else and showed them his inventions, he'd be hailed as a genius. He'd be fucking rich. I don't know. He showed up in front of the president as the president, and he was just like, Artemis, you're fucking gay. <laughs> yeah, he did kind of call him gay. Get your titties out of here. They're full of buckwheat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's a real rough scene. They keep trying to do these things, and then Will Smith gives you some backstory that you don't give a shit about. He's like, oh, yeah, I was raising the so sh- It's so shoehorned. It's so weird. It is, yeah. Like, and he has then- one or two moments where he just, like, he has to be taken back, looks into the distance, like, my whole family was killed. <laughs> So, he says he's raised by Indians in the desert. Later, he says that he ran away from a plantation as a small child, but his parents were killed by Bloodbath McGrath at that shooting, and they were black people. I think the story was supposed to go that he escaped from a plantation, wound up out west, raised by Indians, joined the military, and that's why he was in New Liberty. Yeah, but then... You know, I get it, they killed your parents or whatever, but you wouldn't remember these fucking people. You would remember the Native American people that get no more fucking credit throughout this film. Those are his real parents. Oh, all aboard the logic trade. Now, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that when he got shipped off to a plantation, he was probably like, I mean, you know, young working age, probably like 12 or 13. thought he was born on the plantation, it said. 
young enough to, to pick some cotton at least. No, um, they got uh, shipped off to a plantation. Oh no, it's unimportant. The movie makes no sense, yeah, and I, the, f- the green screen desert that they're shooting on is atrocious. Yeah, uh, I wrote that oh, down too. It's pretty bad. Like I'm sure this is this is a, a Los Angeles studio. They couldn't spend the day one day in Monument Valley if that's what they wanted. It uh, looks effort, bad. This is a one hundred million dollar movie. They couldn't spend one day in fucking Utah. And here's something else. So right after this, they're doing like a, uh, you know, the the arrival at Spider Canyon. And he goes, ah, you know, it's just loveless. What, what's the worst he could have? He's got a city. The I name the fucking city. city, and we never see it again. We do. Like, it to me, it's more like a, it looks like a, a futuristic coal mine. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> steampunk mine. It's, it's kind of whatever. In fact, you don't even get to see the whole thing. It's just like they're peering over like the little crater wall. But you see, like, the top, and we're supposed to be impressed by it. Like, he just has, like, a, a greenhouse and a smokestack. Yeah, he's a shower, not a grower. No. Mm. But next, you see, like, what I thought was coming up next, I thought this was, like, fucking Dr. Robotnik or something coming up, uh, you know, over the cliff in a flying machine. Nope. There's your spider. This spider is 80 feet tall, but on its way out of that crater, they were eye-to-eye with Loveless <laughs> in the game in the spider's head. Like, there is no way they could have not seen them. They, they're only two living creatures in their eyesight. Wait, who who wouldn't have seen who? Loveless should have seen them. I thought that they did. I didn't see any reason to expect that they did not see them. No, no because they were carried- Yeah, they carried on to the um, Utah ceremony and everything. They didn't know that they were there until they had that surprise attack with the airplane. All right. Yeah, because then they're like, oh my god, look at the giant horribly designed shaky fucking spider it's trapped by these by these rock walls nope apparently it has hellfire rockets I don't know I'm just thinking about this now I feel like he would have wanted something with wheels (laughs) I mean he made a fucking tank that slaughtered you know half of a battalion or whatever and now he's got to use this giant spider why not have some people in the tank too I, I want to say it's about overcompensation. He goes from no legs to having something with eight giant legs. Oh, no, you're probably right. But no, this was actually the plot for Kevin Smith's Superman. Just the giant spider tearing up the West? That was it. He had written what he thought was an immaculate script for Superman, his version, of course. And at one particular producer meeting, he had thrown away Kevin Smith's entire ending to that movie and replaced it with a giant spider. Oh. To which Kevin Smith quit the project, and that idea was eventually watered down into Wiki Wild. Oh. Poor Kevin Smith. Jeez Louise. Now, they deliver a line next that made me go, what? Uh, Will Smith looks at Artemis, who is discussing how he's going to make a flying plane to attack this spider. And he goes, listen, Gordon, we don't have time for your half-baked inventions. We have to stick to what we do best. But that is what Gordon does best. And well, I, I think what I think when he said we, he meant he, and he's just a cowboy. Yeehaw, he's gonna go alone. Yeah, by he he meant the star of this fucking movie. Not uh, actually, I don't know what else Kevin Klein has been in. The giant so- mechanical spider. That's the star. 
you think? I don't know why I heard that in uh, the voice of Gene from Bob's Burgers. (laughs) Nice. Now, they do this whole railroad spike bit to where, you know, uh, he's trying to drive the spike down, but he keeps shaking out. This was just a time fill, I know. But at the same time, they're in a flat, literally, horizon to horizon area. And the giant, 80-foot-tall mechanical spider sneaks up on them. Maybe they're just fo- so focused on that railroad spike and how it keeps popping out that, I, I don't know, maybe they're reconsidering their vote for president. They don't notice the fucking <laughs> mountain-sized thing walking at them, producing oh. a cloud of black smoke so big. Loveless just pressed the crouch button. Footsteps don't make a sound. <laughs> Put that shit in the stealth mode. But no, I think the crowd was just thinking, oh, Ulysses S. Grant, if you don't uh, start, uh, if you can't keep it up, then we might have to vote for fucking Garfield again or something. Now, Grant has got to be the hardest motherfucker on the planet because Loveless is talking shit to him like, hey, you're going to surrender or I'm going to fucking kill everything and blow everything up. And he's like, do it, bitch. And he blows up (laughs) right next to him. And it's a monstrous explosion. So much so that it's blowing his hair, rustling his coat. Flames are licking at his face. He's like, you surrender now? He's like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) He just doesn't care. He's cool as a cucumber. But, like, not only does he just have this certain cut of the jib, but I feel like he had the same logic I did. Like, if he takes out Grant, the vice president's the president now. Like... That's just how the fucking order works. Like, it doesn't really matter if he got killed there or not. Who was the the vice president at the time? Uh, Jim. Jim? All right, Jim. Jim. (laughs) All right, so once all this is going on, Artemis somehow has gotten there and changed into the president disguise. And he's like, that's not the president, I'm the president. And like any decent villain... Loveless is like, whatever, I'll take you both. And he takes them both. In the meantime, though, Will Smith has been climbing up. Now, Eric mentioned it earlier. An 80 foot. They reference that. It is 80 feet. So you know for scale, for sure, this creature is 80 feet off the ground. Will Smith climbs up 80 feet off the ground. A woman's like, nope, I caught you. He's like, oh, well, damn. Blow, she shoots him. He is shot off of this mechanical spider plummeting 80 feet to the desert floor below where he hits with a thud. How many feet? <laughs> Man, like, if the credits feet. rolled right there, I would have died laughing. That would have been the most sincere joke in the entire movie. I said, damn, 80 feet. That's 80 more than Loveless got. <laughs> I mean, you ain't wrong. That's how he waited it out. But yeah, I definitely noted that. Like, how's he going to fall 80 feet onto the desert sand getting shot? Of course, he's got the, the chain mail, impermeable, whatever it is on. You knew it at the time, even. But It's uh, bullet armor and plot armor. Dude, 80 feet yeah, well, of giving ground. You're going to bust. He's crippled. Yeah. Maybe he turned on Dwayne the Rock Johnson stuff. Like, you know, no matter what fucking happens to him, he just goes, I'm okay. No, just it doesn't matter. Boom, my leg off. It's okay. <laughs> Your arm's missing. That's fine. 
Or like how he got shot in Rampage right in the gut. Ten seconds later, he's fine. Yeah, just battling a giant ape. Why not? Fuck it. Skylar Colfax, by the way. Skylar Colfax was vice president. I don't know anything about that guy, so I'm assuming Loveless doesn't either. So in the meantime, though, Loveless is giving this big, you know, to-do PowerPoint presentation of the map of the U.S. and how he's going to divvy it up amongst his constituents. And Jim West is like, okay, I got one way to get in. I got to do things Artemis's way. He brings out the boobies. Yeah, he puts on some titties. Not only does he put on some titties, he has to get one gun. The noisy cricket. He gets his little... Derringer. <laughs> oh, but, like, I just don't understand, like, he's in this huge dress. Like, he could have... I guess that was the only gun left on the train. They had somehow ransacked it the second time they were there. Yeah, it's a tiny little uh, belt buckle gun. But did you guys enjoy that whenever they show Selma Hayek, she has this new top on, and on uh, either of her nipples, it's a spider web? <laughs> did I enjoy it? Oh, yeah. Uh, because it was on Selma Hayek, yes. But otherwise, no. Good. So, of course, Will's great idea, inspired by Artemis, is to dress up like some kind of gypsy dance lady and kind of brrr his way through the congression. I was thinking and, more Persian because it reminds me of one of the, the costumes from uh, 300. Dude, all I could think is this was Will Smith's original genie tryout. <laughs> <laughs> no! Now, Loveless has a few lines that are absolutely great, but his uh, mannerisms in this scene are phenomenal. Will Smith is like teasing him and you know trying to get him all riled up and slaps him. And his hair gets all fluffed in his face. He throws it back and he does like a growl bite at him. And just as he does that, the way the facial hair is, the way he's, you know, just selling this character, I fucking lost my shit. Like, I just want him just... to say, oh, Lordy, baby has got back. <laughs> she is thick. <laughs> you know? I, and the whole time I'm just like looking around. I'm just like, there are so many people here. And like, he's just like immediately in horn dog mode. Yeah, like, I don't care. have a lap, but I'll take a lap dance. <laughs> In the meantime, Will Smith is handing a Derringer off to uh, Gordon and telling the president, don't worry, I'll have you out here soon. It's me, Jim West. And then he starts doing his titty tassels. And <laughs> they turn into flamethrowers. As you do. That's uh. stupid as fuck. It's not even fun with the machine gun jumblies like in Austin Powers. It's just yeah. bad. It's, yeah, it's, it's, so just bad. So, it, it's just so, I don't know. So they have to escape once they get off the giant, you know, mechanical spider. Well, how do you do it? Well, it turns out that Artemis brought a fucking bike glider. And so they bike glide off of a cliff. Oh, he finally built his little flying machine with the, uh, the little penny farthing bicycle. Mm-hmm. That goes two miles an hour in the air. Air Gordon, he calls it. I saw that, and I... You know, it's just one of those... When you hear it, it's like, I'm not smiling. <laughs> Cut to the audience in 99. They're all just, like, holding their chest. Not out of laughter. They're all having strokes. Yeah, it's just... Woof. Fucking Wyatt and Doc can't save the town against a few rednecks. No way they beat an 80-foot fucking monster spider whenever it comes in shooting fireballs all over Tombstone. Oh. They just pour a little town and start blowing it up. Yep. Spider just goes in and wrecks the shit with fire 
I, I don't know. I don't know why it, it just it, does. Loveless is trying to show Grant its destructive power and how many people can kill so quickly. And I'm thinking he knows damn well he is like a Civil War veteran. He's probably seen some fucked up shit. And he's like, listen, I'm not fucking, fucking going to budge. He's like, yeah, do what you got to do. We'll go to war. He's like, but this ain't war. This is you just terrorizing the town. <laughs> Fuck, it might be wiped off the face of the planet. It's in the West. Nobody's going to fucking care. Nah. But then, you know, they use the fucking stupid plane thing to get back on the spider. And Selma Hacks got a minigun. I guess she got it in the kill streak. <laughs> the original idea was to, uh, like, drop some of the nitroglycerin bombs onto the spider. I guess that worked a little bit, but it didn't do much. So they both ended up back on the spider. You got, uh, you got uh, Gordon, who I guess is just trying to settle things up top while Jim West goes down below and... I, I don't know. I don't I don't know why any of this stuff is going on. The characters have to do something. And so Artemis is trying to like manage diplomacy with his fucking noisy cricket and Will Smith's down in the underbelly trying to kick some ass and he runs it into fucking Steampunkenstein. Oh I yeah. Know, for no yeah. reason. Like there's all these like little sort of bad guys that have like something going on like you got the guy with sword arms then you got bad guys they're just gimmicky bad guys gimmicky bad guys then you got the real ugly guy with like the the uh lazy eye who's trying to like do kung fu or like show off his kung fu and he's like i learned that from a china man and he gets hit in the face with a shovel and will smith aptly says i just made that up looking into the camera yeah like, it's just weird. Like they have these, like all these henchmen, and they could have spread these out through the entire movie. Almost oh. like as like little mini bosses, and be like this neat little thing to get like a little peek into the world of like the Loveless's lair. No, they throw them all in at the same time. And they're all gone in about two and a half. So years. many back to back, fucking pun jokes. Like the the Frankenstein, whenever he's beating him up, he kicks him in the balls, and he's like, no, and. My God! I don't, the I don't understand what happens to this guy. By the way, like, he hit just short, They were writing the movie. The writer had a heart attack. Uh, he's he's dead. All right, let's move That's on. That's what happens. It's he like it's like a an... edge, and then they switch spots, and he dies. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, we got too far in development. Now he's in the movie, but we need Will Smith to live. Like he's, okay, he's just a, dead now. He's got Death like a metal type. head. And he's fighting him with a wrench, and I thought at some point maybe he touched some electricity or something, which would have made maybe a little bit of sense. But no, it's all steam-powered. Why the fuck is anything anything? It's ridiculous. Now, on top of that, though, this is the line that we were discussing that just made me ache. <laughs> made me Give it to us. Give it to ache. us. The fucking sword arm guy is trying to fight Will Smith. And he's like, cha-cha. And he's like, I got one of those. And he whips out his little boot knife and shakes it like, yeah, so bad. And then on top of that, he beats the knife guy, kills him, looks dead ass into the fucking camera. Oh. No more Mr. Knife Guy. Oh. Oh. Christ. Yeah, I, I remember that, actually. I tried to forget about it. That'd be as bad as if he had him by the scruff off the ledge, let him go, and said, have a nice day. Oh, no. No. You know, I enjoy our soiree. I'd hate to have to cut it short. 
up top, you got some things going down. Well, after all this hubbub of all the henchmen just, like, magically kind of killing themselves, Loveless has to take action into his own hands by scurrying downstairs. So his hands, <laughs> not his legs. He's in his little wheelchair, and Will Smith is like, you know, too bad you can't stand up and fight me like a man. And he just goes, oh, yeah, bitch. The fucking wheelchair grows legs. And he starts to whoop the shit out of Will Smith with his robot legs. Instead of Will Smith yeah, just little puppy dog legs. <laughs> My feet on a country. And then, you know, Artemis like shoots at him of the little spider thing and it starts leaking and then he just falls to the floor and he turns into fucking Bobby Lee from uh, <laughs> watching a jiggy trading places. I have no legs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he shoots one of the hydraulic legs and it starts leaking fluid and we think Loveless is just and honestly Loveless should have just been done right there. He can't do anything. Got no wheels, got no legs. He's just half a body. Then the movie reminds itself it still has 15 minutes. So they have like Loveless like eking towards his wheelchair while Will Smith just like slowly walks at him. Yeah, I don't know why. Fucking <laughs> him. It's called he's, a waste of time. We have to do something. Him. He's obviously trying to make his way back to that wheelchair. Look at that. That's he he could have walked in front of him and just be like, no. He's not the only one seeing it, though. Like, it's also all those people up top looking down at this fight. But you fuck warrior, please do not kill me while I reload, reload, fucking wheelchair, reload. (laughs) Also, meanwhile, you got Gordon up top trying to, like, I guess he sort of dance kills a lady off the the edge (laughs) of the spider. I don't really know how that works, but it's like a rumba dance. I don't... Broke it down. I don't know. Now, yeah, there is a real good line. He goes, I am a visionary, I am a genius, and now I am angry. (laughs) He tries to fight him again, like a little turd. Yeah, and now I'm hungry. I would like sub. Yes, (laughs) always you won't have to worry about getting anything in his lap. And the spider, you know, steps off the cliff almost, and they all get tussled down to the open door, because there's tons of open fucking doors on this thing. Just entrances that lead to death. Just gaps in the construction that just throw you out into the abyss. And his wheelchair jams, and Will Smith is hanging from the wheelchair, and he's sitting there, and there's a there's some more cripple-slash-racial exchange. <laughs> As you do. And he just has this quandary. He's like, I could press this little lever... And kill you, but it also kill me. And Will Smith grabs the lever, and Loveless is like, You ain't got the guts. You're yellow. And then it's the handicap ejection. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Loveless's half-ass falls all the way down to the bottom of the canyon. Uh, Will Smith, with, like, limbs and shit, grabs onto... uh, I don't even remember what he grabs onto, but he saves himself. The Frankenstein got knocked off. Yeah, he, oh, he grabs yeah. on. He grabs onto his Frankenpants. And then he delivers yet another absolute cringe fucking line. Earlier, Loveless says, "I'm gonna give that boy a whooping," and he heard it. Well, Loveless is now falling to his, you know, demise, and Will Smith is hanging by a boot 
again, looks dead ass in the camera. Now that's a whooping. While the background just like immensely fake. Yes, it's just like stuttering behind him, the glitch in the Matrix. Like, who put this PS1 game behind him? Get out of here, Tony Hawk. Oh. And of course, they saved the day somehow. Actually, they didn't oh. show how Will Smith got back up or got the spider to start running again, but hey, the president's okay. President's okay, they get promoted to their fucking men in black team, and then guess what? Turns out, Rita fucking played them both. I saw that coming, honestly. I really did. She's like, that wasn't my dad, that's my man. And they're like, damn, Rita, we trying to get them skinned. She's like, I know, but... Nope. You wouldn't you wouldn't have let me come if you knew that I was taken. And then Liam Neeson shows up. I have very specific set of skills. They're called quick cuts to climb a fence. <laughs> but the main thing that I took from this last like five minutes of the movie is okay, Grant is creating a secret service. He wants them back in Washington. You're gonna be agents one and two. You gotta get set up to protect the president for the next uh, the next thing. They thought this was going to have a fucking sequel. Yeah. Like I said way earlier, like they had absolute confidence in this movie. Like There was no way this movie could have not made money. Did they see this movie? Instead of Men in Black, it's One Man is Black. It's all this movie was. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like one man show on Broadway or something like that. Dude, they fucking run it down your throat the entire film. Will Smith is black. It's like, yeah, I fucking know. But you don't understand. That's the joke. Everyone who is someone other than, like, a straight, white, full, able-bodied man is just a caricature of whatever they are. Black man is is a caricature of a black man. Asian lady is a caricature of an Asian lady. Uh, are there other black people in the movie besides the chick? Cause I no, don't think I not that I know of, but you've got the uh, paraplegic, or whatever you want to call it, the cripple, is a, uh, a caricature of a paraplegic man uh it's just this is a movie full of caricatures and it doesn't pull any of them off well so for me with this movie uh i really feel like it has some great moments that made me smile especially you know normally involving loveless or the buffalo bill character you can still get like a slight vibe here and there of what this movie could have been had it not just been plagued by so many fucking bad jokes such a spotty fucking uh, script. And it's one of those movies that, after I've seen it yet again, I would never, ever, ever search this out to watch it. Ever. Like, if it's on TV, I'm going to go no and just switch it. Yeah, this movie is just... I'll say it again, it's just embarrassing. Good lord. It is. Like, it's just the perfect storm of arrogance and stupidity. There's a couple of yucks in there. Will Smith is surprisingly almost anti-charismatic. That's just kind of, it's just like this weird thing for me. Exactly. Well, that was uh, Wild Wild West from 1999. If you have any opinions on the podcast or the movie itself, leave them in the comments below. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Be sure to hit that little bell icon too, so you know next time we've got another one of these brewing. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, we're all over the place, so make sure that you find us out there. So check that stuff out, or we'll get a uh, mechanical spider to come and stomp on you. And if you're interested, next week, just in time for May Day, we've got uh, 
We've got the Wicker Man from 19... Uh, I, I don't know, the old one. The good one coming. Not Nicolas Cage punching a woman in a bear suit. The bees! Nice. 